we've left our series behind. Uh, I thought I had another one or two. Well, those weeks where God said, yeah, you're done. I said, okay. I said, God, what am I going to say? I don't know. So that you know, I don't know. God knew. I didn't know. I sat there all week going, God, what am I going to say? And so finally, you know, I had some things come to me, and I wrote them down, and I was like, I just don't know God. And then uh, we sang, have faith in God, in one verse, and I went, okay, God. So that was what I was supposed to say. So that's where we're at this morning, you know. There is a word in our world that uh, transcends cultures and languages. Um, nobody likes it. We're constantly being taught that word from birth until, until death. It's a word that we hate to hear, whether it's a one-year-old who's playing with electrical cords, a, a teenager wanting to hang out with their friends, or a husband or wife who's wanting to buy something that's out of the budget. The word can petrify us. It can, it can make, keep us from living our lives because we don't want to hear it. Think about how many men have delayed or never ever got around to asking for a date because they were afraid to hear the word no. Think about how many teenagers get into more trouble than they need to because rather than asking for permission and fear of hearing the word no, they do what they want to do anyway and come to find out that they've gotten in trouble because if they just would have asked, maybe it would have been different. How many blessings are missed for fear of those two letters? No. But there are sometimes we fear no more than others, mainly in our prayer life. We always pray wanting more than anything a yes for what we're asking. There are entire theologies built on this idea that if I ask for anything, I'm going to get it. That's, there's theologies out there. If you ask for it, you'll get it. If you pray hard enough and sow your seed of faith and you pray for that BMW, God's going to give you that BMW. Hadn't worked for me yet. But there are whole theologies out there that say this. But the truth is, by a show of hands, how many of us have always had a yes to every prayer we've asked? Oh. That's a hole in that God always says yes theology. The truth of the matter is, God doesn't always say yes. Sometimes he says no. And that can be devastating. That can be life-changing. It can be faith-shaking. Back when I was in high school, as my kids think, back when you know, we had dinosaurs here at school, um, Garth Brooks had a song out called Unanswered Prayers, right? And he prayed every night, and you know that when they broke up at the end of high school, he was devastated because God said no. God didn't give him what he wanted. Looking back, he saw something different. But when God says no, we find ourselves in this predicament. So today, I want us to look at three examples of when God said no. And I want to look at why he says no. And then I want to talk about what to do when he does say no. Now, our first passage this morning is in Numbers 12. Now, if you don't know where Numbers is, it's there in the front of the book. It's there in the front of the Bible. They're right in the middle of the Exodus. They're right there coming out of Egypt, going to where they're supposed to be. And in Numbers 12, Moses' brother and sister decide that they don't like their sister-in-law. Family problems. That happens. 
They try. They say it's about race. They say, well, she's a Cushite woman. She's not Israelite. That's like saying she's from Oklahoma. She's not from Texas. Anyway, um, but that's really not what it was about. It was about a power struggle. It was about them wanting control. And so when this happens, God calls them all three to the tent of meeting. And he descends in a cloud. And when he lifts, Miriam, Moses' sister, has leprosy. And we're going to pick up there in verse 10 of chapter 12. And it says, as the cloud moved away from the tent, Miriam's skin suddenly became diseased, as white as snow. When Aaron turned toward her, he saw that she was diseased and said to Moses, My Lord, please don't hold against us this sin we have so foolishly committed. Please don't let her be like a dead baby whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. Then Moses cried out to the Lord, God, please help heal her. And the Lord answered Moses, If her father had merely spit in her face, wouldn't she remain in disgrace for seven days? Let her be confined outside the camp for seven days. After that, she may be brought back in. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until Miriam was brought back in. And after that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Haran. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now, and we thank you, we praise you for your blessings. Father, be with us right now, use me as a vessel, may the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we ask all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus, and for his sake, and all God's people say. Amen. Sometimes, God says no, because he has a lesson to teach. Here, Miriam and Aaron are jealous of Moses. Man, why does Moses get to be the leader? Why does Moses get to talk to God? Why is Moses the main man? Am I not a prophetess? Are you not his mouthpiece, Aaron? Are you not going to be the high priest? Why is it that Moses is so high and mighty and they are upset and they are mad so they decide that they're going to take it out on him and they're going to do it in the back doorway. They're going to go round about. They're going to say, we don't like your wife. That happens a lot of times in churches too, right? Well, you know, he's a good deacon, but his wife. He's a great pastor, but his wife. That's how Moses and Miriam Aaron did to Moses too. We don't like his wife. But what they're wanting is control. And so God says, come on, y'all come here. And he descends. And when this cloud goes up, she has leprosy. And Aaron goes, what have we done? Moses, please, please don't, don't let this happen. And then Moses turns to God. He says, God, please heal her. This is Moses asking. <laughs> the most humble man on earth at this point. He talks to God face to face. God has set him apart as special. And when this special man makes his request, God says, oh, no, no, no. Why? Why would God tell Moses, no, well, there's a lesson he's teaching Miriam. There's something he wants her to know. God used this disease to teach Miriam a lesson about how he would work, how he chose to work. He was showing Miriam the hierarchy that he had set up. He was saying, yes, I will use you. And you will have a place of honor. But Moses is the man. He's the one that I have chosen. And she had to go through this. She had to go through this and be put outside the camp for seven days in order to take her down a notch. In order for God to get his point across. It wasn't an option. If there had been no consequence, we would have seen Miriam leading the revolt again sometime. 
You know, if you don't discipline someone, what happens? They do it again later on because they didn't learn a lesson. So Miriam is learning a lesson here. We never see her do it again because she learned a lesson that day. I'm not going to mess with God. He said, Moses is it. Moses is it. In this case, though, it wasn't an outright no. It was just not yet. Miriam stepped outside the camp for seven days. She's eventually healed, but only after God had taught the lesson. Sometimes when God says no, there is something he wants us to learn. And the only way for us to learn that is to hear the word no. Is to be told no. Sometimes no is really not right now. And sometimes we see something as no because God's working on a different timeline than us. Remember the story of Lazarus? They sent messengers. Come on back, Jesus. Lazarus is sick. And, and Jesus is like, we'll go later. The disciples are going, let's go. He's just asleep. Let's go. Jesus knows he's going to die. But God has a different timeline. There's something he wants to teach because he gets there and he goes to the tomb and he stops and he prays, Father, I know that you hear me. But I've done this so they'll know that you listen to me. Lazarus, come forth. There was a lesson to teach. Sometimes we have to slow our roll, slow down and wait for what God has. So if God's saying no, look around and say, what do I need to learn? Is there something he's trying to teach me? There may be a lesson to learn that will turn a no into a yes. Or it may be a simple case of you're not ready for what you're asking for. Maybe God is saying not right now. It's coming, but you're not ready for it yet. You can't have that yet. Another example of God saying no is going to be a shocking one, but it's in Luke chapter 22. Jesus has just had the Lord's Supper with the disciples. He takes them to the garden. He says, okay, you boys, you stay here and pray. I'm going to go on and pray a little bit. And we're going to pick up here in verse 39. It says, he went out and made his way as usual to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he reached the place, he told them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in anguish, he prayed more fervently. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. Sometimes God says no because he has a greater plan. Now, no matter what your theology is when it comes to what happened on the cross, no matter what you believe about what was going on, Jesus wanted nothing more on that night in his human self than for God to remove that cup. His divinity wanted to see it through, but his humanity was terrified. He knew what was coming. He could see it. And he said, Daddy, if there's any way, please take this cup. Daddy, if anything, I don't want to do this. I am scared to do this. Why? These people don't like me anyway. He was there in the garden in distress. And God's answer was, here's an angel to strengthen you, son. Big no. That's a pretty big no for someone that the Father loves more than anybody else. And he said no. He said, Son, 
as much as I want to oblige you, as much as I want to, to save you from this, my plan right now is greater than my desire to give you what you want. Sometimes God says no because he has a greater plan in your life. Sometimes what you're asking for is so much less than what God wants to give you. Sometimes he wants you to zig and all you're wanting to do is zag. Sometimes he is calling you to something else. The plans God has for us are on an eternal level over a lifetime. And somewhere along the way, we get caught up in the few weeks and months that are happening around us. And we can't see the bigger picture. But God may be saying no because he has a bigger plan that we can never see in our limited sight. Some of you have heard this story. Some of them, it shocked some of you. When we were, as we had resumes out to come here, there are two other doors that closed before we came here. And there was one. We already started packing. There was one. It was in New Mexico. It was close to the cool Colorado mountains. We were just like, this is where. I mean, everything lined up. We had a list, and it checked every box. Every one of them. And then the door went. And we said, I'm not going anywhere. This heartache isn't working. We couldn't see what God had in store for us. I never imagined that <clears throat> I would be pastor in a church within an hour of every home I've ever lived in as a child. Never in my life. Sometimes God has a, a greater plan. Sometimes God's plan is Something you can never imagine. Sometimes he'll put you in a situation that you never dreamed of. And to do that, he has to say no. To do that, he has to say no. There was that dad who, who had the, the daughter who had the play set of pearls. And they were her treasure. She loved those pearls. And daddy walked into her bedroom and died. He said, sweetie, can you give me your pearls? No, Daddy, not my pearls. They're not pearls. I love my pearls. The next night he asked the same thing. No, Daddy. About two weeks later, after asking that same thing every night, finally he asked one night, he said, Sweetie, can I do you love Daddy? Well, yes, Daddy, I love you. Can I have your pearls? And her little eyes just welled up with tears. She got off the bed and she went to the little jewelry box and she pulled out her pearls and she gave them to her daddy. And he reached around into his back pocket and pulled that box with a genuine set of pearls in it and gave them to his little girl. There was something so much better. Something so much better at the end 
How often are we like that, that we are asking God for something over and over again? He's telling us no, and we just want to keep asking because we think we know what we want, but he has something better in mind. He has a better plan there. Reminds me of a scene in Bruce Almighty. You see Bruce Almighty? Eric Bruce is there. God's gone on vacation. I'm sure he needs one. Yellow bus. He gives everything to Bruce, and Bruce is seeing the prayer requests come in. The emails just ding, 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 ding. He can't keep up. He's worn out. So he puts it on auto-respond and just says yes to every prayer request that comes in. And pretty soon, the world is in chaos. You can't say yes to every prayer. Because sometimes, prayers go against each other. Some people want the same thing. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. If two sports teams want the same win, you can't answer both of them the right way. I had a professor in seminary who would always say, be careful what you pray for. Or understand what you're praying for. Because realize, when you are praying for someone to get a heart transplant, you are praying for someone else to die. God can't answer yes to everything. He has to answer no. Our individual plans that God has for us all fit together into this overarching plan. Sometimes no to you is because it allows Him to bless someone else halfway across the world. Sometimes He says no because it doesn't fit the plan He has for you. Sometimes He says no because it doesn't fit the plan He has for the world. Sometimes He has a greater plan. And the third example is found in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. We've read that several times in the past few weeks. There is Paul is wrapping up his letter. Come to a very familiar passage starting in verse 7. And he says, especially because of the extraordinary revelations, therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me, so that I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I've pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. Sometimes God says no because it brings him glory. That's the one we don't like to hear. Sometimes he says no because it brings him glory. Because he is glorified. That's why he says no. Paul says, I have seen so much, I have been through so much, I have done so much that I can start boasting about all the things that I've done, but God gave me a thorn in the flesh. The amazing part to me is he says, and I asked him three times to take it away. Just three? Three times, and he said, no, and I'm good with that. That's faith. And he sits there and he says, eh, but I'll boast all the more of Christ. Because I know that my pain and my weaknesses give him glory. You know, God, Jesus tells Paul, I won't take that thorn from you because it's that thorn that allows people to see the gospel more clearly. He says, I'm not going to heal you physically, but I'm going to sustain you spiritually. I'm sufficient. Sometimes God says no because the situation you were in can be used more fully to glorify him. That is so hard to handle. We don't like hearing that when we're in the midst of trials and turmoils. We don't like dealing with that. It's not that God can't answer yes, it's that He doesn't. How many of us have been there? God, I know you can say yes. Why are you saying no? 
What that verse say? Have faith in God when your prayers go unanswered? God, I know you can say yes. You can do anything. I know it, but you're saying no, and I don't get it. I don't understand. And God all the time is going, I know you understand, my child. I know, but this is for my glory. This is going to do so much more than what you're asking me to do. It's going to bring me glory. It's going to do something that you can't even imagine yet. Remember the man in John 9. He was born blind. And the disciples said, Hey, Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? But you know all that wild living the baby was doing in the womb. But, um, Jesus says, neither this occurred so that the glory of God could be displayed all What? He's lived his entire life not being able to see because it was going to bring God glory later on. He can use it in the furtherance of the gospel. The tragedies in my life have fundamentally changed who I am. But if I wouldn't have had those tragedies, I wouldn't understand the pain of others who are walking through. God allowed the pain because it brings Him glory. This morning we came in three reasons why God sometimes says no. He has a lesson to teach. He has a greater purpose or maybe it just brings Him glory. That leaves one question to be answered. What do we do when God says no? It's, it's easy to say. It's hard to live out. It's found back in that Luke 22 passage. Jesus says, Not my will. But yours be When God says no, we must trust that God is doing what is best. We have to have an attitude of Father knows best. Now, can any of you remember back when you were a teenager? Remember that time when there was something you wanted to do and daddy said no and 
he was the meanest person who ever lived. You don't love me! And the door slams. It happens when you're seven. And it happens when you're 16. Right? It's not until much later that you look back and you see, oh, there was a reason why daddy said no. Another one of my stories. There was a girl once. She was an older woman. I was 14 years old. I think she was like 18 or 19. I don't know. Um, because she smoked. I don't know. I have no idea what I saw in it. But you know, I, I was 14 and I had a bicycle. <laughs> Women couldn't, couldn't pass it up, you know. I had a bicycle and everything. whole family friend that had come back in the picture and when she made her interest known mama and daddy said no Troy didn't say no. Troy got on his back one day and rode from nine mile road nine mile bridge road took a wrong turn and missed Silver Creek Road went to Cattleman's Road Rode 35 miles on my bicycle to see this girl for five minutes. And then drove back home. When it all came to a head, and I found out the reasons why, a lot went off. But that's what God does sometimes. He says no. Not because he doesn't love us. Not because he, he, he wants the worst for us. He says no because he wants what's best for us. He wants to, to love us and to protect us. When I tell my kids, don't stick that in the electrical outlet, I'm not saying it because I want to be the boring, not fun dad. I'm saying it because that's going to hurt. When Michael was in the swing in the backyard the other day, and we're in the backyard, we're in the very back, cleaning up all that corner, and she's swinging. It's one of those big saucer swings. She's holding on pretty tight, but she has swung to where she is perpendicular with the ground. Micah, not so high. I'm holding on. I'm not saying I'm not saying not so high because I don't want you to have fun. I don't want you to fall off and break your head. That's what you fell off, yes. <laughs> and so she learned that Father knows that. That's what God is doing. Sometimes Jesus, when Jesus asked this question, he wanted to yes, but he got to know and he accepted it. And he gave glory to God because of it. Paul, too, wanted a yes, but got a no, and he lived his life for the glory of Jesus. When God says no, we have to learn to trust in his will for our lives. And that's easier said than done. When we learn to walk in the trust of his will, we have peace in the midst of turmoil. Casting crowns 
sings a song that I will praise you in this song. What about you? Are you struggling right now with a no that you've been getting? Are you struggling because you've been crying out to God saying, God, I need this. And God keeps seeming to say no. Step back and say, okay, Father, what do I need to learn? Father, what is this no for? Because the no is never just a no for the sake of being no. That's, you know, no matter how much our, us as parents like to say, because I said so, that's never really the reason. We only say because I said so, but we're tired of saying it, right? But God never gets tired of saying it. There's a reason for his no. We just have to ask him what it is. Are you willing to trust God this morning that he has your best interests? That no matter how hard the path is and no matter what's going on, that he loves you more than you love yourself? <coughs> willing to trust that? Are you willing to walk with that? It's hard. Sometimes it's very hard. But trusting Him is the way to have peace in this broken world. Maybe this morning you've been dealing with the no. Now's the time to just say, okay, God, I'm listening. Teach me, show me, direct me. Maybe this morning you want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to surrender missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've never known, they've known the one who can wash the sins away, who can send the Holy Spirit full time into your life, who can allow you this sense of peace even in the most broken time of your life. Now's the time. Whatever you need, give it to him. Would you pray with me?